0: This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath, hosting this show as I do every Sunday night. I'm a researcher, blogger, clinician in North Vancouver, taking a bit of a hiatus in Vancouver, but I'll be back. Don't you worry. I'll let you know when my I have a new office space in Vancouver. Otherwise, I'm uh, chilling over there on the North Shore on Lonsdale. Uh, it's a fabulous office, so you're welcome to come over there and see me there. And many of you do actually, uh, so which is which is nice. Uh, hopefully, I help you to sort your problems out on your way. Um, I had a little email here, which is interesting. You never know with the internet today; you never know who you reach, and so. Hello, uh, Maureen. I'm a formerly trained composer, currently living and working in Berlin, Germany. I would like to submit my new release to you in the new genre, New Age. Instrumental to you, host of the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW, AM 980 in Canada. It would be wonderful if you had a few minutes to check it out. This is a direct link to the EPK, so thank you and all the best. Retverd. That's a very bad German accent. But um, anyway, what does your new release mean? I don't know, but I will check it out for you. (laughs) No problem. But, you know, the world of the Internet does change things. Uh, It changes relationships, and it changes how we think we're in a relationship. And so many – I actually was talking to somebody – well, the reason I was going to do this particular segment is because somebody made a comment – that um that people don't want relationships today. A woman made a comment that they just there's, there's no you know thought of relationships. There's no getting together, staying together, doing the work, going through the ups and downs, celebrating the anniversaries, none of that. Um and I was also talking to somebody else recently and she said she's She's been with somebody for three years on Facebook. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I said, and she, her question was, should I have sex with him on the first night? And she said, well, she didn't actually come right out and ask me that first. And But she said um, she was wondering if she should because she didn't want him to think poorly of her. Of course, there is that double standard, you know, men want to have sex with women and then they slut-shame them. You know what I'm talking about? Um so women have this whole conflict going on in their head quite often they're, they're like, "I'll have sex with them on the third night." So I was trying to say, you know, take a step back. You have to I said, "Are you attracted to him?" "Oh, yes." But I didn't realize that she hadn't met him. I didn't realize that she'd only known him on Facebook. I am absolutely serious. And so she um I said, "You're going to have to meet him and see him and actually see if you're attracted to him before you even decide whether it's okay to have it doesn't matter if it's okay to have sex with him on the first night many people have had sex with their lifelong partner on the first night moved in together that that should be a non-issue that that shouldn't even come up for consideration and and so I said don't you she said but I am attracted to him and I said but you've never seen him, you've never smelled him, you've never touched him, you've never, you don't know this. And and he's, uh, again, on the East Coast, um, but she said, but I feel like I know him, we have so much in common, we have, you know, he's funny, he makes me laugh on Facebook, uh, through Facebook messages. So, you know, what are these relationships? Today, a lot of people want the facade of a a relationship, they don't want the work of a relationship, the hand-holding, that eye contact, the teasing without the serious conversations. They want the, They just want the teasing. They don't want the serious conversations. They want the pretty promise without the actual commitment. As a, again, you know, the work, the ups and the downs, and then you celebrate the anniversaries after those three hundred and sixty-five days are lived. Uh, people want the happily ever after, but they don't want to put in the effort. You know, it's easy to fall in love on Facebook, I suppose, uh, or on Tinder or through uh, LinkedIn or social media. Um, People want the deep connection or so they say, but they keep things shallow. They long for that world series kind of love without willing to go to bat for it. You know, you want someone to hold your hand, but you don't want uh, to put the power to hurt you in their hands. And that's really hard as well. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later, that when that rejection, that hurt, that rejection, whether that's in bed or in a relationship, uh people, you know, are finessed at the cheesy pickup lines, but people don't want to be picked up. They want the arousal. There's a lot of online arousal. I so often will say to women they'll say they were communicating back and forth and then they never heard from them or and i'll say all that was arousing for him or for her uh, people want to be swept off up off of their feet yet they want to remain safe and independent standing on their own people are in love with love they're i love with the idea of chasing love but don't want to actually fall into it because being in love is not easy. It's difficult. Today, people want friends with benefits, Netflix and chill, nudes on Tinder, anything that will give the illusion of a relationship. But we're quick to say it's not a relationship because they're not actually getting into actual relationships. It's changed so much from the old movies where uh, the boy would walk up to a girl's house and, be greeted by the father. Maybe he had a shotgun in his hand if he was Canadian. Uh, (laughs) That's really the American. That's the illusion of the Americans, but it's actually sort of the backwoods um, of Canada. But, uh, you know, and uh, there's so much. There's none of that today. Dating's gone by the wayside. People want the instant gratification, the rewards, and none of the risk. We want the payout and none of the cost. We want to connect enough, but not too much. And we want to commit a little, but not a lot. And so we take it slow. We see where it goes. We don't label things. People just hang out today. We keep one foot out the door and one eye open. And so people can never really be fully vulnerable when you keep someone else at arm's length, toying with their emotions, but mostly toying with your own when you don't realize that. And when people get too close Do you tend to run? Do you hide? Do you leave? There's always more fish in the sea, of course. How many people are on Tinder? How many connections do you have on LinkedIn? How many on Facebook? You can find somebody else. There's always another chance at finding love when there's social media. There's just much less chance of keeping it these days. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You feel like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. I just feel like singing tonight. I'm not sure why. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. Hosting this show, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about neurochemistry of love, lust, and sex, and attraction, rejection in particular. Whether you're rejected in bed, and that's very hard for men and for women, for they, for anybody, to make a sexual advance to somebody and they reject you is heartbreaking, especially for people who don't feel great about themselves. Maybe going through a difficult time. It, you feel like what's wrong with me? Is it my body? I'm too fat. I'm not attractive enough. He or she looks at somebody else. I'm not worthy of him or her. We've all said it. We've all been there. I see many clients in my clinical practice, uh, Where sex is the issue, whether it be low sexual desire, desire discrepancy, sex addiction, heartbreak, extramarital affairs, orgasm issues, vaginal health issues. I do the blog 50 Shades of Pink, and I have had some feedback, guys, that I don't have a blog for men, but I'm actually working on that. It's going to be called Straight Up, and uh, as usual, I'm going to be straight up and help you to get straight up. So that's coming. Don't worry. Uh, I also see a lot of patients with erection function issues, premature ejaculation, but also weight and body image issues and healthy nutrition, uh, et cetera. So these are some of the issues, but have you ever been in love? It's horrible. You're vulnerable. Somebody gets inside of you and inside of your head. They open your heart and they mess you up. A word, a look, a text, a message that's sexed. Your life is no longer your own. Romantic love is an obsession, worse than a cocaine high. And I have Stu on the line. Hello, Stu.
1: Hi. Hi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some great, talk, great talking there. I was gonna say yeah. Um, love is can be a lot of work at times. But uh, I was gonna say that I noticed that certain foods, like you were, you were going to talk about, man having uh, sex drive, right? And yes? I was going to say certain foods I notice uh, that will give you more of a drive.
0: What are those foods that have given well, you more I mean, drives like if
1: to? I the raisins, I uh, find coffee. Coffee doesn't do, will uh, slow things down.
0: Coffee will slow things down for your sex drive?
1: It seems to me, yeah. And uh, iodine, I think, will help you, yeah. and like vitamin B. You know, if you take some vitamin B, you know, it gives you energy, right?
0: It certainly does, and uh, you need I mean, energy for those antics in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, eating a good steak once in a while and stuff like that. You know, if you start eating junk food, you're not going to, it's going to slow everything down.
0: Listen, you make a great point. And when you talk about slowing things down, do you mean slowing your drive down? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to slowing, uh, okay. Okay. Um, now you make a great point. I see a lot of men in my clinical practice. they come in and they say they're having erection problems or sexual drive problems uh they're just not feeling as sexual as they had in the past, and uh they're often overweight and they're eating poorly. They're drinking excessive amounts of alcohol
1: yeah well, alcohol yeah, alcohol can do it too but uh i'm in I'm in pretty good shape i mean from age and uh yeah, I try not to I think too much alcohol yeah definitely uh. Yeah.
0: You don't drink too much alcohol, though.
1: No, but no. Uh, yeah, but uh, try try eating good food and uh, you yeah. know getting fresh air and some exercise will help you.
0: All great advice. Absolutely, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for the call, Stu. Uh, so, uh, where I was talking a little bit about neurochemistry, but that's great, um, uh, great about you know treating your body like a tomb. Uh, your body is your um, you know, should be valued and appreciated and you need to take care of it, uh, very much. So it gets you around. And, and that's also important as people age because, uh, in, mobility issues are so common, uh, for people, especially if you have extra weight on you and you may not feel that great about yourself. If you have extra weight on you, you certainly can start yourself If you have extra weight on you and you can be healthy, um, as long as you are eating a healthy diet, but let's get back to that rejection. Rejection is an obsession on steroids. It's worse than anything. When people don't talk about it, they don't say that. They just feel terrible. They internalize it. But there's actually activity in three brain regions that that uh, occurs when you are rejection, and it's associated with intense romantic love. So you want to forget. So you want to if you're once you're rejected by somebody, you want to forget them. And the more you want to forget them the harder you love them. And it's your brain that's doing this. So in other words, the less your hope, the harder your love. And the the reward system in your brain for wanting is lit up. When you have been rejected and you want somebody, you know, we always want somebody we can't have. And when that rejection happens, it ignites the system in the brain that calculates gains and losses. What went wrong? Why did I say this? I shouldn't have sent that text. I shouldn't have done this. Why did I do that? And that's the nucleus acumens in your brain. And you think, I'm never going to go through this again. I can't stand the hurt. It's a physical pain. And then we do it over again. And, and the size matters, you know, as you know, I've told you, size matters. Don't believe anybody, but it really matters about the brain. Okay. The preoptic area of the hypothalamus regulates our mating behavior and get a load of this. The male brain devotes twice as much real estate to sex as the female brain. So that might account for some of the desire discrepancy between men and women, and that there's a higher percentage of women who report low sexual desire than men. But how about that not-tonight-honey part of the brain? Research shows that migraine sufferers report a 20% higher sex drive, and that's a result of low serotonin. There was a 2001 survey of women who had sex during a migraine. How's that? That's appealing, huh? <laughs> Massive headache. Let's have sex. Um, 30% noted a decrease in pain. And for 17%, the pain actually resolved. So there's uh, no more excuses because you have a headache. So the thing is, the brain is actually involved uh, in love. And there are four brain chemicals, several brain chemicals. There's dopamine. It controls the brain's pleasure and reward system. There's epinephrine. That's what races your heart. That's what gets you feeling euphoric. Life is grand when you're in love. Everything is seen through rose-colored glasses. You're happy. You spend hours talking, staying up all night. Your breathing changes. You're sweating. Then there's also serotonin. That's also related to uh, depression, but uh, it's it's a neurotransmitter that is associated with high and low levels of, uh, well, high levels are associated with low libido. Uh, Estrogen is primarily a female hormone and low levels may impact a sex drive. It'll also impact vaginal dryness, which I talk about quite a bit, which can lead to sexual pain. And there are many treatment options. If you have vaginal dryness, there are personal moisturizers, ladies. There's repagyne, which is an ovule that's inserted into the vagina there, and that's inserted for a week, nightly for a week, and then twice a week at night for the rest of your life. Uh, and also, um, or, or as long as you're on the oral contraceptive pill or as long as you're breastfeeding or whatever the root cause is. But if it's a result of menopause, it's for the rest of your life. There's also Gynatroph; It's a hormone free gel that is inserted into the vagina as well. It's absorbed rapidly. And then there is joy gel. Uh, it's a cream that is inserted into your vagina as well. And so these are lifelong therapies. If you have Um, it as a result of perimenopause or menopause. Also testosterone. Testosterone plays a role in sex drive as well. Uh, It's primarily thought of as a male hormone, but it's also important for women. The ovaries naturally produce testosterone to help make estrogen. And progesterone, poorly understood, a little bit, thought to be involved in women's sexual behavior. Um, It's also important if you are on hormone therapy. It is uterine protection. Uh, So it provides protection against uterine cancer if you have a uterus. Um, Of course, you know, it's the brain that's involved in in all the release of hormones. that's involved with the crimes of passion. You're engulfed with feelings of romantic love and deep attachment and feeling this intense energy and focus and motivation and willingness to risk it all to win life's greatest prize. Romantic love is a drive. Romantic love is one of the most addictive substances on earth where sex drive, sex drive is different. Sex drive that has you looking for many partners if you're eating the right foods according to Stu. Uh, That urge to seek satisfaction for your sexual needs. Men score higher in libido while women's sex drive is more fluid. Women place more value on emotional connection as a spark for sexual desire. Social and cultural factors of course play a role and it's there women are sensitive to the environment and the context, and most men think about sex every day. Well, I mean every minute of every day. Well, all the time basically. Is that can you confirm that, Matt?
2: That sounds pretty <laughs> accurate. <laughs>
0: pretty accurate. Okay, twenty-five percent of women do, and that's about uh, the a percentage of women that you know I would see through my clinical practice and just trends that I see and from women I hear. Twenty-five uh, percent of women have a higher sex drive have um, higher libido uh, men seek sex more avidly. They want more sex partners in a lifetime and are more interested in casual sex. But they don't realize that some women are actually interested in casual sex as well. Um, and some of the women yesterday that I was talking about, they who are being rejected by the men in their lives. They were saying, where are these men that are being rejected by women? You know, one woman said, I want to service them. You know, they had high desires and they were with men who did not have high sexual desire. So men fantasize twice as much about uh, twice as much about sex as women do, but it's important that women, especially if in a long-term relationship, begin to fantasize about sex um, because it can actually help to increase sexual desire. You don't have to share your fantasies with anybody or you can because that can also be a turn on as well. Men are more likely to seek sex even when frowned upon or illegal. So it's actually more men who seek Um, sex work of the sex workers uh, than women do. So this I think is really interesting, because it's the most common question I get is how much masturbation is too much masturbation, about two thirds of men masturbate, and 50% feel guilty about it. And that's right, because that's what they're asking me. They're just like, Is this okay? Uh, Is this amount? All right? And I'm like, Yeah, sure you know, that's fine, whatever. I mean, as long as it's not impacting their life in any way, you know, they're not doing it at the grocery store or, you know, um, inappropriately exposing themselves. 40% of women report masturbation in the last month. Um, no guilt, guilt-free. Uh, and nuns do a better job, since I'm an Irish Catholic nurse, uh, nuns do a better job of fulfilling their vows of chastity than, uh, than the priests do. Hello, that's... Uh, That's not should not be a surprise to anybody. But but also uh, nuns have sex as well. And that's probably uh, we know that priests do. But uh, nuns do also. But uh, they keep their vows more so than men at 69 percent versus uh, 45 percent. So anyway, when I come back, we're going to be delving a little bit more into these sex subjects. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980, CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath, hosting this show. Um, I have some news for you, apparently. (laughs) Hot off the press, because I I wasn't even aware of it. But Pat has it. (laughs) I
2: wanted to let um, all the listeners know that if you want to find your podcast, it is now switched over to Omni. That's great news. But if you like, you can still go to cknw.com, and if you click on your show, it'll... It'll lead you right to that. It'll take you to Omni. So people that look for your your podcast on SoundCloud, it's not going to be there any longer.
0: Oh, okay. But they can still go to cknw.com. And it should
2: should send you directly to, like the link is on the website. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, that's great news. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, So that's a a wider reach, as I understand. Is that um, the purpose of that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. as
2: far as I know, it's a much better website. It's easier to use. It's, yeah, it's very... It's very user-friendly.
0: Okay. So if you're not sick of me (laughs) already (laughs) and you actually want to hear something I said again, (laughs) I never watch a movie twice. Uh, The movie The Danish Girl, I love that movie, and it came on today. I was taking a nap on the couch, and it came on. I'm like, no, can't watch it again. But another movie I wanted to mention, I'm no Rick Forchuk, but uh, Mrs. Florence Foster Jenkins, talk about a love story. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. You must see it. It is. When the did most, it come out? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Oh, okay. It is the most magnificent love story. Of course, I am a hopeless romantic, but it is about loyalty and love and need and biological need and support and, you know, what is real love? I don't want to give anything away about um, this and, and perception and, uh, you know, how we look at life and how we look at love. And I just love that movie. It is so beautiful. And you know what? Love isn't perfect. Love is messy. Um, but there is a group that uh, seems to have a, a very peaceful approach to love. And and uh, we look to them uh, for uh, as a group uh, and how we can improve care, reproductive care for women. And I've asked Dr. Talon of Olive Fertility, a reproductive endocrinologist and fertility specialist, to remain in the studio with me to talk about the Hooderites, the, the and Hutterian- the Hutterian Brethren—they <laughs> <laughs> are like uh, they are a faith group stemming from the Radical Reformation of the 16th century. They're like Mennonites or Amish people. So, how is it that you uh, that or that we can learn from uh, how the Hutterites live and how they conceive and contracept, and uh, how does that apply to our reproduction in our modern wild, crazy social media world today?
3: Well, when we ask ourselves, you know, um, what is the effect that age has on fertility, it's very difficult to examine that in our Western population for the reasons we've discussed already tonight, such as contracepting. And so if we look at the Hutterites as a closed group, and in the 50s, they did a lot of studies. So these are... um, characteristically marry very young and tend to stay with the same partner and don't contracept. And so um, their fertility rates or their ability to have children have been recorded over time and in comparison to specific age groups. And this is really where the evidence comes from. And not just the hutterites, there's been studies looking at um more historic populations from rural France or Quebec even and they've looked at like up to 58,000 people where um, they have demonstrated the same trend which is really that age declines with fertility in um, the natural setting where the only assumption that we can't confirm is that couples are still getting together. And so that would be the only bias in all of this: is are they still actively getting together at a later stage in life to give themselves a chance to conceive? Oh,
0: okay. So in other words, uh, there may be the chance that uh, the intimacy drops off. Correct. Okay. But
3: from all of the evidence that we tend to see, it would suggest that that is not the case. That you know, and we do see pregnancies um, into women in their later 40s. It's just not very common. Um, And so in the Hutterite population, and again, studies looking at other groups, they would suggest that the median age of the last birth is about 42. Um, and so that's often a surprise to a lot of our patients when they come to chat with us about age and we raise it as an issue. Um, because I think the media has done a great job at, you know, suggesting that there are treatments like in vitro fertilization that help women at getting pregnant. But also we see pictures of women in their 50s holding children. And we don't we're not all about full disclosure with that, which is often alluding to the fact that there is donor egg IVF. And we provide a lot of care using donor eggs from younger women, for women who are over the age of 45 or beyond, um, up to the natural age of 50 to conceive. And this is very common. Um and so when we sit down and we say you know even for a very young couple in their later 20s or early 30s should they time everything perfectly and there are no issues there is great moving sperm there is a great number they time it perfectly she releases an egg their best chance of conception in that month is somewhere between 25 to 30% only and that's why it takes a long time to get pregnant and that Percentage chance on that best day with everything perfect declines with age. Right. So again, we gain we gain a lot of information from these natural fertility populations that allow us to think, give a benchmark to women. This is what the background rate of conception is. And yes, there'll be the odd person who will beat those odds. Um, but when you're faced with an ever, t- you know, ticking clock beside you, it helps you make decisions as to whether or not to move forward with right. treatment.
0: And that's why that time passing on, I've spoken to women, you know, maybe mid-30s, late-30s, and they're like, well, it's been a year or two, and they haven't even started to seek treatment. And that's why I think speaking to your doctor, you made a great point earlier, as soon as possible. How many children do the Herterites have on average? Do you know?
3: Well, it depends. I mean, there's larger colonies and others. I did my training in Saskatchewan, and we had a huge Hutterite population, and all throughout Saskatchewan. Um, but they value family greatly, and because they work on their colonies, they right. you know they need a, they need help with that. And so, as they have a growing older um population they see the importance of having children to help replace right. the work right. for Absolutely. us right?
0: and they're pacifists aren't they, they so are. no uh i do not believe in carrying arms bearing mm-hmm. arms unlike the americans
3: We <laughs> <laughs> could but, all learn something but there's that. a reason for that and we'll <laughs> probably hear a lot about
0: that tomorrow night at, on the uh democratic national uh, the the convention The so, yes uh the convention with Trump and Clinton will be uh, on stage. It'll be being aired live here. The right? debate, yeah. The debate. And, uh, yes. I, I guess mean, the this... convention. Did I say convention? The it's, debate. It's anyway, all right. Is... It's
2: so it's almost 10 o'clock on a Sunday It night. is. It
0: is. And, you know, it's. Quite, if I've told <laughs> you what my the- week was like, I actually, for anyone who thinks for a second that I have a perfect life, if you've ever thought that, I have one story that's going to change that for you forever. <laughs> but I can't share it. I'd love to, but I just can't. <laughs> But anyway. Uh yeah, so tomorrow night's so that's gonna be aired. Um
2: It'll be interesting. I mean, who was this um Flowers? Jennifer Flowers that Trump was threatening to bring to the election? The woman oh. who had the affair with Bill Clinton?
0: Allegedly. Uh, I mean, you know, the fact that they're bringing affairs of Bill Clinton into this, I mean, honestly, who's on crack there? It has nothing to do with it.
2: It seems pretty it, par for the course for Trump, it, though. It's
0: completely ridiculous, but it'll be interesting. But Dr. Talent, thank you so much once again for uh, That's great information and really interesting uh, to hear about other groups of people and how, how um, they live and how they reproduce and how they contracept or not. And uh, so great information. So how can people get in touch
3: with you? Again, all of fertility. And we have clinics downtown, the North Shore, and in Surrey. And you can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com.
0: And when I come back, are you addicted to the vibrator I prescribed for you? I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980, CKNW. To the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 ckNW this whole vibrator thing right uh, I I probably shouldn't tell this story but I'm going to anyway I was getting ready for an event and uh, so I had all of these sex toys out laid out in my bedroom and I happened I was desperate for some cleaning help and so a friend suggested these two German, Uh, ladies should come over and help me clean my house. And so one was very controlling, I remember. And she was just like a bull in a china shop. And she, in fact, broke something of mine that had sentimental value. So I wasn't happy about that. So I have a way of cleaning my house, and I feel like you should clean the kitchen before the bathrooms. It's my little OCD. And, you know, and so, but I really, on this particular day, wanted her to start downstairs, not upstairs. But she was overbearing and overpowering, like some vibrators can be, I guess. And I was trying to hide all of these sex toys and uh, she <laughs> that I was bringing to an event. And so I was saying, I'd like you to start downstairs, please. And in the kitchen, no, no, we are starting upstairs. We do the upstairs first. That is how we work. And I'm like, no, 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 I really want you downstairs. And, and she was just but uh, ha- getting the vacuum cleaner and I'm trying to hide everything. And then it just all got exposed and she saw it all laying there on the bed and she's like, oh, well, my goodness. What kind of work do you do? <laughs> anyway, so I've had my embarrassing moments with vibrators. and Can we I'm sure- have her on the show? Should I? I should yeah, have I think her so. on. Yeah, no, no. You know what? I never had her back because she broke something that had sentimental value. One of your she- toys? No, it wasn't a toy. No, they don't have any sentimental value. <laughs> um, no, it was a. It was a, um, a just a box that I <laughs> I collect China boxes anyway. So it was one of those, and uh, so anyhow, you know, with her commanding way, and overbearing presence in my house. But uh, anyway, and I did also have another time where I did, all the sex toys fell out of um, my suitcase at the airport, and they were um, interviewing a politician at the time, and I was like, pick them all. Anyway, so there's, there, there can be embarrassing moments uh, with vibrators. Uh, we're You know, we're often hearing we could have better sex, a better orgasm, or a better relationship. But our deepest desires, uh, you know, can often be found or managed or dealt with, um, with a vibrator. And I often prescribe a vibrator for my patients. And they're actually becoming a little bit more mainstream. Apparently, I'm suggesting them at parties and people are coming up to me saying, you suggested this at this Christmas party two years ago that I use a vibrator. So, but because they're becoming more mainstream and And, uh, a lot of people, you know, listen, I'm all for more orgasms in the world. I think it'll be a much happier place. Um, and so people can have a faster orgasm or more intense orgasm. Uh, and people are starting to prefer their vibrators. They, they don't talk back. They don't want any money. They don't complain. You know, they're, um, they, they don't gain weight. (laughs) They don't have, uh, tummies anyway. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of these, but some people wonder uh, if they can cause a problem, if you can become addicted. So, because they're so reliable, and in this world in which we're living in, which is so fast, uh, so fast-paced, and not a lot of time, and so it can help you sleep, it can help with pain, all of those things, uh, if one experiences an orgasm. So, Can vibrators be addicting? And I get that question quite a bit. Yes and no. One of the problems with vibrators is that they can make orgasm too easy for some people, especially those people who are um, not the faint of heart around experiencing orgasms. Vibrators were initially created to ease the aching hands of all those 19th century doctors masturbating their female clients hysteria. Keep that in mind. But a vibrator can deliver an orgasm much quicker than manual stimulation, and oftentimes the orgasm from the vibrator is much more powerful and pleasurable, and it can be different. The experience um, of an orgasm with the womanizer is a much different uh, orgasm. So there's a huge payoff for very minimal effort because a lot of these don't cost that much these days. Some of them cost a lot of money. So that imbalance may support lazy masturbation habits. Uh, why bother exploring and experimenting when you know you can reach for a little toy and reach orgasm in mere seconds? So if you use your vibrator to reach orgasm, the v- vast majority of the time, your clitoris may start to become acclimated to that one particular type and intensity of stimulation. So shake it up, get a few vibrators. Unfortunately, there hasn't been any conclusive studies that have shown whether or not an actual physiological dependence can develop. But many women report that frequent vibrator usage makes it harder to reach orgasm in other ways, like through manual masturbation or oral sex. Um, or sex uh, with a partner especially if the partner is um, not guided very well or doesn't listen to instruction uh, additionally if all you've ever known is vibrational stimulation you may have a tough time teaching your partner how to help you experience orgasm with his or her fingers because you won't know how to do it yourself so if you can't touch yourself Who can you touch? So touch yourself. I'm a huge fan of vibrators, but by no means swear off them altogether. So uh, just um, if you've never had an orgasm before, I recommend giving an orgasm a try. Um, And I mean giving an orgasm a try. Sorry, giving a vibrator a try. It's getting later and later. Uh, Giving a vibrator a try. Uh, if you're able to have your first first orgasm using the vibrator, then put it away for a while and you utilize shift your focus, utilize your own hand, um, self-stimulation, so um, experiment or sh- with other ways of masturbating, so you can discover the non-electronic forms of stimulation that may work for you. Uh, if you've never had an orgasm again, then uh, it and you've been in a relationship, you know they're, certain ones that I recommend for that as well. So um, if your vibrator-induced orgasms become less satisfying, these, this might be a good sign to cut back for a little while or try a different one. Um, so anyway, that's uh, those are some of the things about... Uh Vibrators, and there's, of course, lots of them out there. The rabbit, which is was popularized by Sex in the City, and the womanizer, which was popularized by me. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath. We're wrapping up this baby. Uh, I um, wanted to tell you about the Vancouver Women's Conference. I'm holding this conference in partnership with Cambridge House International. It's on November 12th at the Fairmont Pacific Rim. It's, uh, it's a day that I, I really want to, uh, my goal is to uh, really take some action and make some change uh, for women's lives in this city and beyond. So it's not just for women in Vancouver. We have some dynamic speakers, some great speakers. Dr. Talon who's been on the show with me here tonight of all of fertility, is going to be joining me there. Uh, Pamela Martin, who you all know and love, is also going to be joining us on that day. Um, Dr. Anjali Malhotra, a women's health specialist, who's also been a regular guest here, is going to be there as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about finance, real estate, sex, health, uh, workplace bullying, sexism, uh, all of those issues that, to all of those things, those secrets that we share, those things that um, make life harder for us, those things that, and so I, I really, you know, I, I love it when women truly support other women, are happy in their success, and, and part of that is sharing the stories and, and sharing what you do. So there's, the tickets have been, are on sale, and they've all, they've been selling. Now there's a couple of the uh, speakers that I can't announce just yet, But once you hear, and if you haven't gotten your ticket, you're going to be so sad. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be a phenomenal day. And of course, it's, you know, I'm like, I'm like multitasking on steroids. That's the kind of woman that I am, multi, women multitask. But so even Cambridge House is having a hard time keeping up with me with all of the fun activities and all of the opportunities. So it's going to be just a great day. It's really, you know, from what I've heard from you, and it's what women want, and Um, And so the tickets are $69. Um, I think that was a coincidental until October 1st only. So go to VancouverWomen'sConference.com to get your tickets. And um, anyway, I... As the weeks go on, I'll be able to tell you some of the other phenomenal speakers that we have. Dr. John Weisler, we're going to be talking about heart health, perimenopause, parenting, pregnancy, fertility. All of these issues are going to be covered. Women are going to be sharing with you their real lives, their real stories, the issues that they've had. It's going to be interactive. Uh, There are going to be lots of um, also products there that may help women. Now, I I only believe in certain things to help improve quality of life. And so I'm only letting certain people in the gates, if you will. So there's not going to be any of this, um, speaking to sell a product. It's not about that at all, but there are going to be, there will be things there for you that, uh, may help improve your life that I know it's something I use in my clinical practice. It's something that, um, that would benefit you. It's not outrageously priced. Uh, it's something that in fact, it will it will probably save you money, because I like that. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Yankee, and I'm frugal, and so I appreciate the value of the dollar. And so I like, if you're spending $1,000, for example, on pads every year, you're going to be able to buy something there for $100 uh, that can help you deal with urinary incontinence, for example. So that's the kind of thing that we're trying to do. Um, so anyway, hopefully you'll join me there. Uh, And that is VancouverWomensConference.com. dot com, and uh, I just um, I want to thank Scott Hall for again for his book. We're going to be talking about um, more and more about sexual abuse and uh, and sexual assault, and. So because that's such an important issue for women as well. So uh, thanks for listening. Love being here. Love having you. And uh, email me your questions. Sextalk at cknw.com. Everything is always private and confidential. Remember, we all stumble. And when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. You can follow me on Twitter at back the number two the bedroom. I'm on Instagram, podcasts coming up, my blog. So thanks so much. I couldn't do any of this without all of you. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday night sex show on CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980, CKNW.